When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Hockey Show. Here we go. We're back for another Monday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show, and it feels good to be back in this seat because, uh, yeah, I haven't uh, haven't uh, co-hosted the pod in uh, in basically two weeks. It's Ian Mendes, Julian McKenzie with you, as always, on a Monday. It's Monday, right? Because I don't know what day it is anymore after coming back from, from Sweden. No idea what when, day it is. When did you get back? I, I want You know what? I know we got to get to a whole bunch of, of different hockey topics today. Uh, we'll, we'll break down some stuff uh, that was that yeah, at least you were able to see during the global series because uh, I live in a part of the world where uh, blackouts exist. Uh, William Nylander is going to come up. American Thanksgiving is going to come up. But can you like talk about what that experience was like in Sweden and when you got back? If you're feeling jet lag, like let's oh. start with that at least. I'm, I have questions. I am so je- so. This is me unshaven today. I feel discombobulated. Uh, I think I was averaging. And I'm not alone in this. About two and a half hours of sleep a night in Stockholm. Oh my like, god! Weird. And you know what's really weird? I talked to the, some of the players about this too. What was really strange is because of the time of year we're we're doing this trip, the sun was setting at about three o'clock, like three in the uh, afternoon. Like it's pitch black by like three forty-five. Like oh my pitch god. black. So it kind of plays with you that way, and then there's. Uh, you know, the, the the jet lag, the time difference, all of that stuff. So I don't think I slept very well the entire time. But you're also just kind of running on adrenaline because it's such a unique experience, such a cool experience. And you know the thing I was blown away by, Julian, and I'll have a story on this. I think it'll come out tomorrow, is part of one of the things I wanted to do is like, what's the chat? Like, here I am complaining about, oh, man, I'm so tired of jet lag. Can you imagine how hard it would be to be an NHL fan? Say you lived in Stockholm or in, you know, Germany, UK, wherever. The games are starting at two in the morning for you on on the regular. Like, I don't think we take enough time on this side of the ocean to appreciate how difficult that would be, right? Like, like I, I like I you you follow some Premier League soccer, right? Or what? what yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. what's the time like, difference like for you? Like, but that's then you're getting up early in the morning to watch it, right? Yeah. Well, for my mental health, I I limit the amount of Manchester United games I watch because I don't want to start <laughs> off my day on a terrible. Yeah. Right? yeah. I I I I I don't like the fact that the Leafs and the Manchester Manchester United and, have that comparison, Cowboys, but I understand why. Dallas Cowboys, Man U, and the Toronto Maple Leafs are all in the same bucket, right? Fair to right. say. Yeah, the, the, the so to the original point here, like, I think like, I mean, even when I was still living out east in Montreal, like, 
there are times where you'd have to wake up at like 7, 7.30 if, if they're like the early game of the day because they're yeah. at least like five hours behind over for what what's going on in England. And we'll just add two hours uh, essentially to that for people living in Alberta in mountain time. So like say like Man U's playing like the early game of the day, like I might have to wake up at like five o'clock in the morning, which I'm not going to do that. There, there's times when like I, I wake up at like 9, 30, 10 o'clock. They've already played. Like it's it okay, is so then it is. how do you follow along? Like how do you do you watch well, without any spoilers or do you know the score? So like all all like especially since I, I follow a banter club, the memes will tell me what is going on. But seriously, <laughs> yeah. but uh well the cool thing about the Premier League at least is uh we at the athletic, I mean, this is a good opportunity for us to, you know, pat ourselves Cross on the back promote. here. Yeah. Uh we do a pretty good job of of covering the Premier League. And uh Carl Anka is one of the primary writers. Uh, for the athletic for Manchester United. And like, I'll follow their tweets and I'll read their articles after the fact. And that's basically how I, I, I keep up. Or at some point, like if something crazy happens, you'll go on social media. Someone will post some clip of, of a game somewhere, probably the team because they're able to do that, but you'll start to see some sites. Uh, some people will post clips, like they'll, they'll watch it on some feed. That's not like sky sports or, who has it? Who has rights for Premier League games in the United States now? Is it still? It's not still NBC, is it? No, I, that's a great question. I don't know. I don't like, remember who does. And in Canada, we have to watch on. And on Canada, and in Canada here, uh, it's on Fubo TV. There, once upon a time, you oh, could right. wake it's, up. Yeah, yeah. There was a time in Canada you could wake up on a Saturday morning and you could watch Premier League games on Sportsnet, and like Jerry Dobson was and Craig Forrest would like host those broadcasts. And then the last few years, those rights ended up going to DAZN. And then DAZN doesn't even have, uh, I don't think they have the Premier League anymore. And no, now they don't. Ubo TV. DAZN only has Champions League games now. Like, and the it, NFL. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, yeah. So I, I know we're kind of going all over the place here, but like, I guess the closest thing we have, at least in Canada, in terms of experiencing difficulties watching a sport compared to what could be going on in Sweden with watching NHL games. It's soccer fans who want to watch Premier League games. Like that's, I guess that might be the closest comparable that we have. So that's yeah. it's about dedication to a certain degree to to follow these games. But even for us, like you just have to wake up super early in the morning, a two thirty a.m. start for a fan living in Sweden to watch their favorite team. Like how? Like you basically wow. have to like watch like NHL clubs. And look, we're talking about soccer, which is a global popular sport. Hockey is as niche as it can get among yeah. the poor here in North America. So that's really, I think it, the, the, the measure of difficulty has to be different compared to soccer fans in this part of the world. Yeah. So one of the fans, and again, this will come out in the story that, that I'm going to publish. <clears throat> Excuse me, Julian. He told me about a website. I had never heard of this before. I'd yeah. like to know if the listeners have heard of this. I'd like to know if you've heard of this site. Don't tell me the score.com. I feel like I've heard that URL before. Okay. I feel like I've heard I had of no it. Idea. I, I couldn't tell you what it is. So if you're like, let's say you're a fan of the Colorado Avalanche, but you live in like Berlin. Okay. I'm just randomly picking. And you're like, you go to bed because, you know, the Avalanche are playing at three o'clock, two in the morning, whatever. You wake up at 7 a.m. You want to kind of either watch the game or get the highlights but you don't want to see the score, what do you do? Because if you go to NHL.com and you're like, well, I'll click on the condensed game recap, 
the score is right there and it's all over. Yeah, it's like, it. right. It's at the top, whatever. So what do you do? So this fan, he told me about this. Uh, uh, he told me that go to don't tell me the score.com. You click on it. Then you click on the, and they got this for the NBA, the NFL and, and NHL. You just click on the game that you want to see. And it gives you the clean, you know, the NHL recap, the 10 minute version. Yeah. Clean, but there's no score bug anywhere on their site. So you have no idea. If right. Okay. So your like, team, you so know what I mean? You... Like if you go to NHL.com and you go to click on Colorado versus whatever, Boston highlights, you'll see, you'll have already seen the score. Like literally you'll if you go on the homepage, the... like all the scores are at the top. Exactly. So there's spoilers everywhere. You go to don't tell me the score.com. No spoilers. No spoilers. So it's pretty cool, <laughs> right? Apparently, we can hide the scores on our on on the athletic app. Producer Chris is, is has sent yes, us a actually, note. Yes, that. you can. Right? I believe you can change your you can alter your uh, your settings. Right? Wow! I think you can. You can. You absolutely can. Uh, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the athletic. Uh, One dollar a month for twelve months. Look at uh, you. Use the athletic.com slash hockey show to do that. Natural. Natural read uh, going in this. But anyway, Sweden was great for me. I got a, a little bit of chance of time uh, uh, time to spend with Mike Andlauer, Senator's owner, which was which was great. A uh, little bit of time with Daniel Alfredson. Little, like, you know, so some, some fun stuff like that. Um, I had no time. I had one thing on my, I've been, I've been fortunate. I've been to Sweden before. So I've been to this, there's a great Vasa museum with Great story of this old ship that sank. I've been able to go through that before. That was great. I had one thing I wanted to do, Julian, and I didn't have the time. I wanted to go to the ABBA Museum. Oh. I couldn't lure. You know, I didn't even ask Russo. And I, I spent most of my time with Russo and Joe Smith just because our schedules seemed to align more. I never saw Jonas Siegel. I don't even. Did Jonas Siegel even go to Sweden? I never saw him. I, I I'm I'm of the impression that he did. He wrote a great story I, last week on Willie. I don't Elander. know. I never I, saw in fact, him. actually, uh, the Leaf report. Uh, I think today's episode uh, does not have Jonas Siegel on it, which apparently really? is like the first time in like in so I think maybe, in the history that they've ever done the show because he's stuck. He's he's trying to get home from Sweden. You know how wild it was? They didn't have Jonas on, so Myrtle had to do the show with Chris Johnston. That's how wild it is. I, you know what? I was so I can tell you, Chris Johnson was there. I had dinner with him one night, which was great. Oh, that must have been nice. We, we chatted how much we love working with you. So that that was. You don't uh, have to lie to me. Okay. <laughs> it was a it was a complete. We just complained. You're like, can you believe when Julian does? No, no, it was great. But I like, I was like, man, I don't know. Mike Russo doesn't strike me as an ABBA museum type of guy. Does he? Maybe I should have asked him. Maybe I, I should have. Maybe I should have. I felt into. I also feel like when you put that out there, you're either going to get, oh man, that's awesome. Count me in, or you're going to get annihilated by people. Like there's no in between. Yeah. Appa's very much know. an acquired taste type of thing. Uh, by the way, if I was there, I would have gone with you. Absolutely yes. would have gone. Oh my God. Have you I ever watched Mamma Mia? No, uh, yeah. I, I've seen the, the, uh, the Broadway show. Yeah. Okay, I only watched the movie, and like I went into it with no expectations, and I came out phenomenal, really impressed, phenomenal. Yeah. So I imagine the Broadway musical must be amazing. Yeah, I just I wanted to go. I didn't get a chance, so I didn't get a chance to do all the touristy stuff. But real cool side note: on the way home, 
I had I, I wonder how many athletic reporters on a on a work trip have had a stopover in Reykjavik, Iceland. Oh, you did that? Yeah, I stopped over in Iceland. Oh, uh, that was my, so cool. I wish I you know what? I wish I had carved out more time. Um to spend in like I only had like a couple hours or so I didn't even get out of the airport. But do you yeah. know this? Here's a fun, here's a life hack for people. Okay. If you fly Iceland Air, okay, and Iceland yeah. Air has direct flights from all over North America. Like I, I think you could even go from Calgary, Julian, to Iceland direct. I know you can go from Seattle, Vancouver. Anyway, if you fly on Iceland Air to Europe with a stopover in in Iceland, they will allow you at no extra charge to your ticket to have a layover in Iceland for up to a week. So basically, let's say, let's say you're going, Julian, you're going to, you're going to watch man. Let's say you're going to watch man. You play. Yeah. Okay. You're booking a ticket and you're going Calgary to Iceland to Manchester. Well, yeah. when you stop over in Iceland, usually you're like, Oh, my stopovers for two hours. You can make that stopover for two days. And they'll allow you to just continue on to Manchester with no penalty. It's not like, That's oh, you got to. Yeah. So there you go. Life they really want people to visit. They Because re- I, I like it seems like over the last like five, ten years or so, yeah. there has been this upswing of people just going to Iceland just to go. Like their, their tourism must be breaking in dough because like, like it just people are just going. There's a friend of ours, uh, well, a friend of mine uh, who works at the athletic, Shelby Blackley, who does a lot of SEO stuff. She legit just came back from Iceland. She's yeah. like posting photos all the time. It looked like a great time. So there you go. Man, we you are know, plugging that, a lot I, of I was, stuff in these first 15 minutes, by the way. I know. Yeah, you should it's, subscribe to The Athletic. You should subscribe for our soccer coverage. You should subscribe to The Leaf Report. You should go to Iceland. Is there anything else we didn't should pro- this prop become up? become like a... a, a, a like a tourism uh, uh, podcast, maybe the like a food and tourism, tourism show. Podcast? Food and tourism. Okay, let me ask you this question because I threw this out to uh, people on social media, and I'd yes. like to throw this out to listeners, and I'd like to throw this out to you. Uh, because the Leafs and the Wild and the Senators and the Red Wings all went overseas, so I talked to a few people, Julian, about like, like how much did this cost you as fans? To go over. So the Ottawa Senators, for example, they had a ticket package where fans could, and it cost about about $4,000, a little bit under, I think, $4,000 per person. But that included your return airfare, tickets to both the games, uh, your hotel, some sightseeing stuff, (laughs) excuse me, and you were also gone for about a week. And so there was a Helsinki portion, whatever. So it got me thinking. If you had the money in your budget, but you could only do one, and let's call it $4,000, would you rather take a kick-ass trip to Europe to watch your favorite? If you know your favorite team, it's Detroit, it's Minnesota, it's Ottawa, Toronto, $4,000. Kick-ass, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go to Europe to watch your favorite team play two games. Or do you take that money and say, you know what? Nah, forget it. I'd rather buy season tickets. Give me the, the 41 games at home. What? Like, what would you rather do? I threw this out on X. I got over a thousand. How about me calling it X? That's weird. I actually can't believe I called it X. I'll let it slide. Let it let it slide. On Twitter. I put it out on Twitter. I got over a thousand votes on this already in, in, in a couple of hours. It's pretty close. 
it's 58-42 in favor of season tickets. But more than 40% of people would say, you know what? Give me the Europe trip. What are you taking, Julian? What are you taking? So my initial thought was season tickets because the opportunity to go to a game basically whenever, just having season tickets. It also depends on the team, too. Like, could you like imagine if you have like either Montreal or Toronto season tickets, like the waiting list for those teams are astronomically long. Like, hell yeah, yeah you take that. But the idea of going to see your favorite team play two games out of market, and you're going to take that opportunity to have a once in a lifetime trip somewhere in Europe. I, I, I we could stick with that continent for this example. Like the memories with that are it could be a great time like I, I don't know like this seems really tough like I, I think maybe for value the season tickets but also like just for priceless memories and enjoyment especially if it's to a country you've never been to like you could, if you're going with like a partner or you're going with like a friend or buddy or whatever like yeah that would be really fun like you go to Sweden you go to Finland somewhere like if they're playing a game in like london or something and like you get to experience the city you get to enjoy your time out there you get to experience the food you get to experience the culture like i don't know like this is my initial thought was the the season tickets but there's so much that goes into experiencing game day elsewhere like those out of like even i mean stop is nowhere nowhere near on the same level where the Heritage Classic is like up at like Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton, but that just felt cool just yep. being out in the stadium. So imagine like going to a completely different part of the world to watch your team play and you get to experience that city and you get to experience that culture. That's a really tough decision for me. At four grand, I think you'd have to like size that up compared to, you know, the actual value of like of these trips and, and flight costs and food and other arrangements. Like, that could be worth it. That could also be very steep. I don't know. Well, I'm just many, saying it's a very tough decision. It is a tough decision, which I, that's why I threw it out. I, it's a it's a great question to ask and have fun with. Like, w- w- would you rather season tickets or a trip to Europe to watch your favorite team? Like ten years from now, if you had season tickets, ten years from now, how many games are you going to remember out of the 41 home games or moments? I don't know. One, two. Probably not. Depends on the games. Depends on the team, too. Depends on the type of season that they have. You might say one or two, you might remember, but like, what if it's this, what if it's this like insane season they have? Yeah, but, but, yeah, but. You could also sell those tickets, too, and make money. (laughs) Now we've turned this into a ticket ticket broker blog. Uh, uh, No, but, but like, that's, that's, that's something that people would genuinely think about in that situation, right? Like, they could take those tickets, and they know they can't go to every game. Boom, I just made myself like $400 uh, selling these tickets to this random Edmonton Oilers game, as an example. Man, I don't know. Anyway, so hit us up, the athletic hockey show at gmail.com. Let us know if, if you had the money, let's, and we'll call it an extra $4,000, and you had to spend it either on season tickets for your favorite team, trip to Europe, watch your favorite team play uh, two times. What are you taking? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Now, here's what I'd love to know from Minnesota Wild fans, especially the ones that made the trek. Mm-hmm. The team went 0 for 2. Now, granted, they picked up two points, but they lost both the games. Still worth it? To go overseas and watch your team lose two times? Would you, you know, whatever. So the Wild are a, a, an intriguing team. And there's been a lot of chatter, a lot of noise around that team. Uh, you know, Mike Russo and Joe Smith do such a great job covering it. But the 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 whispers about Dean Evison's uh, job security seem to be growing louder to the point where they're not whispers anymore. It's almost like they're loud shouts. Losing two games, do you think that I feel like that I that could be the the thing that pushes this thing over the top in in Minnesota, or at least it feels like maybe it could be. I'm surprised to see where they're at in the standings. Uh, this is a team that, I mean, it's one thing to see Dallas and Colorado at the top of the Central Division, or Winnipeg as well is there. I did not expect them to see them below St. Louis and Arizona. That's those are two teams they should be clearing in that division. Uh, I don't know what's up with Kirill Kaprizov either. Every time I see Michael Russo tweet about him, it's just not always like he's not having himself a good game for whatever reason. Julian, and he's he, he's he under a point look- per game. He did it, and I, I'm saying this now. I've only seen him with my own eyes one time, which was Saturday. He didn't look like – remember like 18 months ago, two years ago? Like he would almost get you off of your chair. Absolutely. Like he was so explosive, dynamic, fun, whatever. I'm not seeing that out of him. And my my gut always tells me that when somebody's like that, there's an injury involved, right? Like that's what it feels like. It does, the guy doesn't look like – the guy I expect to see, but he was just, he just looks like a shell of himself right now, which is really disappointing because you want to see, like, I think if we're just basing this on talent, I think he might be a top 10 player in the league on talent. Not I seeing agree. that so far this year, right? Like, he, I, I think Kuro Kaprizov, in terms of his skating ability, uh, there was like one game, I think it was at the Wild and the Canadians, where on his own, he was able to just like spin around everybody in the offensive zone. For like a solid 30 seconds. Like it's stuff like that that gets you out of your seat to watch a player like Kirill Kaprizov and to see him with like 15 points in 17 games. And I get it, there are so many other players who would kill for that stat line. That is not what I come to expect for a player of his caliber. So yeah. to see him not there and to see that the team is underwhelming, they have like a minus 16 goal differential, which puts them on par with a team that's also that's last place in that division in Chicago. Like for a team with playoff aspirations like them, they cannot afford to be in that part of the basement. And they yeah. have until, I think, what, they, their next game is Friday against Colorado. So if they're going to do it, now around this time would be the time to make that switch. You have all those days to recuperate from your trip. 
you'll practice in between, I'm sure. Uh, It's a home game for them on that Friday. And they were flying back on Monday from Sweden. You're not going to do anything while you're in the air or whatever, but no, but maybe Tuesday. It's, it's a tough one because that, that fan base is so good. Like I was really shy. In fact, I talked to a lot of Ottawa people. They were blown away by the number of Minnesota fans who traveled to Stockholm. Like Ottawa was really well represented. But Minnesota was like, wow! It was like when when they scored that goal on sat on Saturday, it like it really popped in that arena. And so, yeah, that's a fan base that has never seen its team get to the Stanley Cup final. Only been to the conference final once, and that was twenty years ago. Um, and it's a, as good a hockey market as you're gonna find in terms of just state of hockey. Fans. Yeah, in terms call of it just, the state of hockey. Like, yeah. like, Mike, there's a reason why Michael Russo is like heralded as a god up there like he's like they care they care about the sport like they're 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 into it and to see their team just continue to be in this weird mediocre space is is strange especially on a team like this where you know you you think philip gustafson should be that guy after a good year last year or kuro kaprizov not playing at that high level that we were talking about earlier like yeah if i'm a wild fan i'm frustrated so the wild they lose both their games they lose the game on sunday Thanks to a Willie Nylander overtime goal. Now, Nylander, you want to talk about a homecoming? Yeah. Uh, Nylander, the three-point game against Detroit, including the tying goal and then setting up the winner. And then the overtime goal. Like, what a great weekend. He he did an autograph signing in downtown Stockholm there. Uh, people told me that it, the, the lineup went, I think, three or four city blocks. That's how big the lineup was to just to try to get a chance to meet Willie Nylander. Pierre Lebron with a great column today about what does this do to his value? Um, it's a great question. You, you talk about intriguing UFAs in the summer. Nobody's more intriguing than Willie Nylander, partially because of the market he plays in. Let's be honest. It's top of mind all the time. Uh, but that dollar figure seems to be going up and up and up. And that trip to Sweden certainly pushed the value up. So, you know, Pierre Lebron floats out an interesting number too. And I, I you know, is, is he Pasternak worthy? Which is kind of an eight-year, eleven um, million per year deal. Like, like, what do you do now with William Nylander? I mean, if you if you sign him to that contract, it's funny. Like in the off season, we were there were people debating whether or not he should be a ten million dollar player. I know, and people were wondering, like, oh, is this the line in the sand? Is there a way to sign him under ten million? If the Leafs sign him to ten million now. It's a steal at this point, considering his playmaking ability, the the things he's able to do all over the ice at both ends and the tear that he's on right now. Like the longer this point streak goes, the more expensive the price is going to be. Like I, I think a David Pasternak deal for him right now, if you're the Leafs, if you're a Leafs fan, you love that because the longer this goes on, the more you start thinking in your head, you have to pay this guy 12 million, 13 million. Like, if it starts getting to that point, you're like, oh, boy, what are you going to do? And we all know with this team in terms of the, the core four that they have and the money being tied up to those big those big pieces, like, you're a little nervous about shelling out that much for that type of player. But he's also been this, this dynamite player this year. And if you look back at some of those playoff runs where Mitch Marner isn't, F, isn't playing at his best or, or Austin Matthews isn't playing at his best, there's a very good chance that William Nylander is still – after all that, 
playing at a high enough level. Like, this is a guy that the Leafs need to keep. This is a guy that they need to sign. And I think 11 is more than fair for this player. And it, But it also wouldn't surprise me if they were asking for 12. I think but, at this I mean, point, considering what he's shown, like, why not give him 12, right? And he scored 40 last year. And like you said, been a pretty consistent playoff player. But when when would you sign this if you're Nylander? Do you just keep it going a little bit longer? I mean, the point streak, he's going off to a good start. Leading the team in scoring. I don't think you're in any rush, really. Unless they you should sign it on November thirtieth again at eleven fifty nine. Oh my god! This feels really familiar for some reason. Yeah, contract disputes. You know. Yeah, yeah. Let's give everyone in Toronto a heart attack at that time. Yeah. What? Anyway, what? Like, what a remarkable year! And like, he's put himself absolutely, and this isn't hyperbole, in the conversation for the Hart Trophy at the kind of whatever you want to call this the. 20 game mark or the American Thanksgiving mark that we often look quarter, at as like the at- quarter pole. No, you know what? I that quarter pole comment, and I'm guilty of the same thing. I don't know if you have you ever had a horse racing fan yell at you for quarter pole? No, because I have. I because I've really? said, yeah, because apparently in horse racing, I believe, and I could be wrong on that. Again, somebody could correct me. I remember saying quarter pole at one point or writing quarter pole and horse racing fans are like just so you know the quarter pole is actually when there's a one quarter left and there's three quarters that have been done apparently maybe somebody so we should be sm- saying three quarter pole yeah but then that's just overly confusing because that's not how normal people like us talk we would say quarter pole and yeah. i'm pretty sure somebody smarter than uh, than me or who's a horse racing fan just tell me if that's right that when you say quarter pole, it's actually the final quarter of the race. Because okay. I, I feel like I got yelled at one time for saying quarter pole. Don't you know that quarter pole isn't 20% done? It's 20% to go or whatever it is. So I got I got tweeted at the other week about how, um, you know, when people say like for panicking or or just worry about stuff like you, that the level of like DEFCON 5. Oh, like actually, I Def learned. Con, yeah. Yeah, like DEFCON 5 is apparently like the lowest level. Oh, God, uh, it's chill. It's DEFCON it's, 1 is the problem. It's DEFCON 1 that's bad. Yeah. Also, yesterday, I came across one of those clips from the show The Office, and there's an episode, I forget which episode, but Michael Scott says DEFCON 5, and I looked at that clip, and I was like, oh, I feel like an idiot now. Oh, man. <laughs> I when really you get, got that when wrong. You end up, uh, when you end up inadvertently pulling a Michael Scott and thinking that you're in the right, that's ah, uh, oh, the turntables have literally how the turntables. Oh my God. It is so good. So anyway, anyway I didn't mean uh, to trigger uh, you with, uh, no, with, no, no, uh, no, no, but, but, but I'm throwing that out there because maybe one of our listeners who is a, a horse racing fan can confirm to us that quarter pole doesn't mean what it does anyway. But I think Nylander to get back to the original point, yeah, is absolutely in the race now. I don't know where you fall on like like if you had to pick one for Vancouver, who ends up being is it is it PD is it Hughes is it you know whatever but but Nylander's in that conversation right now. Jack Hughes is in that conversation. I know he's been a little banged up, but but he's in there. And 
boy, if you if he ends up somehow being a Hart Trophy finalist and he doesn't have his deal signed, wowza. Wowza, wowza, wowza. There's no way the Leafs have to. There's If the Leafs let it get to that point, something's wrong. But, but you got to remember, there's two sides, though, right? Like, the Leafs might be desperately trying to sign him, and the Nylander camp might be just sitting back being like, well, let's just see how this plays out, right? Like, Toronto can only have so much control over it, right? I mean, I, I understand that, but they're literally, like, the pr- yesterday's price is not today's price. And the more that he plays at this high level, like, like this point streak, what's it, like 16, 17 games now? Whatever, however many games they played, uh, I think it's seven. I know that's not going to last forever, but if he still plays at this Hart Trophy level, and you point back to all of those other seasons and his consistent playoff performance that I've mentioned before, why, like, you're, I'm telling you, like, you get him back at 10 11, that's a steal by comparison. He has proven to you on so many different levels that he is this essential player that you need as a part of your, your core four at the same time, if you're the Leafs, you're like, well, we need to fill out other parts of our roster. 17 games. Thank you, producer Chris. It's at 17 games. Now. Yeah. 17 like, games. Like, what do you do? Like if you lose William Nylander, like it feels like this team, it's kind of funny to say a team that has Austin Matthews, a top five player in the NHL. That what has does Matthews have like four, he has like 14 goals. Doesn't he? He's having a good year in, in, 17, in 17 games. That his teammate is like the heart trophy leader right now. But yeah. if he take if you take off William Nylander off this team right now, unless they're getting pieces that are going to fill out their defense, in their bottom six, where do you put the Leafs? Like uh, William Nylander is a lot to this team right now. Uh, you know, I'll tell you one other guy who I think we should maybe consider for like just in this early twenty game mark heart trophy. Yeah. And it's Sid. And it's crazy. But Sidney Crosby has what? I'm just double-checking this. He had 22 points in 17 games, 12 goals. And the Penguins have that atrocious start, Julian, and they've sort of kind of righted the ship. This is, like, this is, you sometimes run out of adjectives and superlatives for Crosby. And this is just remarkable. Like, at 36... To be on pace for another, I don't know, it's early, but like, he's getting, he might get 100 points again. And it feels like he just wills his team every single night. And man, I'm, I'm telling you, like, he would be on the short list of, um, you know, big, big time surprise, or well, not surprises, but big time candidates for the Hart Trophy. And I see producer Chris chiming in. Don't forget uh, about my small no. market Rangers. No, but here's the thing. But here's the thing. Producer Chris has a point because. Artemi Panarin. Yeah. He's got a point in every game. Yeah, right? on, yeah he's or, on a 15-game point streak. Oh, 15-game like, point streak. Yeah. Like he's he's been good too. 26 and 16 games. Like he has been a good player. The Rangers are are playing, it seems like to the level that people are expecting from them. Like, we can't forget him in all this too. Here's another name I'm gonna throw at you that we discussed earlier in the year when we were looking at those player tiers and we had Shayna on. And this yeah. is not me throwing shade at, at Shayna. This is just me talking about the guy that I was propping up. Kyle Connor is yeah. tied for the league lead in goals at 14. He's 22 and 17. I know he's a goal scorer and, and he doesn't might not have the same skill set as a William Nylander. 
But Kyle Connor has been slept on for a while. And if he keeps this going, maybe this is the year everyone wakes up and notices him. Like, this is a really good start for him. And the whole set. debate was that now how many goals that was Carter Verhage, right? That that, that Carter Verhage, who's who's having a his season's fine. It's like 13 and 13 points in 17 games. But, but okay, like, is this fair to say Kyle Connor right now, if I'm not mistaken, Kyle Connor right now has more goals than Connor uh, than Carter Verhage has points. Am I yes. right on that? Yes, you are absolutely right. So that is throwing shade at Shayna Goldman. So be it, Dan. So <laughs> be it. So be it, Dan. I'm so sorry, my friend. Connor, what a great – And look, we, 82 games to be played. 82 games to be played. Carter Verhage could get on a heater, and it could get to a point where we can look at those two as comparable. But Kyle Connor has been consistently underrated as a goal scorer. That is a player, I believe, who has also scored 40 in his NHL career. Yep. Uh, 47, in fact. He's almost scored 50. He had 38 in 2019, 2020 as well. He's almost done it twice. He's a consistent kind of 15. Uh, his shooting percentage is always around 15%, right? When you mm-hmm. look at when you look at Kyle Connor's career number. So this it's not like, like you said, it's he's not riding some unsustainable heater that he'll if he regresses, it's to 15%. It's not like he's gonna regress to seven percent or six percent. No. Like you know he's a legit 15% guy, right? You know who's actually uh off to a pretty good start himself? And I did not expect to see this name up here. It's Carter Verhage's teammate, uh, Sam Reinhardt. Hey, Sam Reinhardt is having the best season, Julian, that nobody's talking about right now in the NHL. And absolutely, with all the focus on Willie Nylander, Sam Reinhardt's a UFA at the end of the season. And, and he's top 10 in scoring. And I don't think enough people are talking about Sam Reinhardt. No, I Elite agree with season. that. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean he's he's in he's on a team that has like all these personalities like Matthew Kachuk and Sasha Barkov being underrated all the time. Like he is literally lost in the shuffle there with the season that he's having. I mean, there are a lot of guys in terms of whether you're just looking at the Rocky Richard or the Art Ross or just the overall Hart trophy that like we're you know underrating a lot. I mean, Nikita Kucherov just coming along there, 13 goals. Just he's just there, just doing his uh, thing. 27 yeah. points. Yeah, Kucherov is like just so quiet with his top five in scoring, right? Yeah, just just quiet, essentially. And then you have the Canucks guys, obviously, who... Are I, they so I, One, two, three, those guys? Yeah, tied at 28. Like, I think that is so cool that all three of those players have been as good as they've been, and they're tied at the same point total. Like, that is... It's what like we always see all the time, like, a trio of guys doing well and their point totals are all over the place. I don't know if I've ever seen it where at the start of the year, like they're all at the same point tally. That is so I think, cool. I think Ottawa in the early, like the, the first year out of the, the lockout in 0506, they had this line with Danny Heatley, Daniel Alfredson, Jason Spezza. Yeah, that was insane. They came out of the gate, Julian, and they were like, all of them had, th- I think it was very much like this. All of them had 30 points. Right away. They were one, two, three in scoring, I think, at one point. Man. I mean, so even then, that's just still really cool to see. And I got to watch a little bit of the, the Canucks guys last week. I know I, I, I was sick, so I had to watch from my couch. But, like, yeah, power play. We were just whizzing it back and forth. It just, oh, like they, they don't give They're up all the over the place in that, no. in that power play. It's, it's, no. it's insane. 
The only reason they lost that game against the Flames last week, there was the second night of a back-to-back. They were tired. Now, I know the Flames needed that win, but like just the pace, the ability that those guys have, like, wow. Like, I'm I'm very much in awe of, of what the Canucks have. And I know they have a tough schedule. I mean, their schedule coming up. I mean, there's some people who look at the schedule, they're like, hey, maybe it's a little easy, but like, I don't know. I I I think they might be a playoff team. It would be a pretty bad fall for these guys. Yeah, if they I think can't that's fair. That. No, you know what? I think you know what's a fair assessment of the Canucks? We're not gonna it's a great start, and statistically they're hanging with the elite teams. But I don't think anybody is saying they're a Stanley Cup contender, but I do think it's fair to say they're a playoff contender now. And I don't think we thought that about them six weeks ago. I agree. Or we or we certainly thought they were a bubble team at best. Right? We didn't know which way they're going to go. They've earned the right for us to say they're a playoff team. Now, Monday night, Vancouver, San Jose. And that, that one feels a little bit like, you know, if you're Vancouver, you got to make sure you win that one. It's a trap game. They, what's the DEFCON level there? If you, based on Julian and Michael Scott's DEFCON level, if they um... lose to San Jose, DEFCON 3. Because it might be DEFCON. It might be DEFCON. I'll tell you this. If the San Jose Sharks win over Vancouver tonight. Yeah. Dom Lushizen will be up watching that game. And I guarantee he will have some kind of eyeball emoji. And then all of Vancouver will want his head. Maybe he won't do that. Maybe he's got other stuff to do. But like, I'll tell you what. fan bases don't want Dom's head? Um, Just Toronto. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's fine. that might be it. I mean, that might be it. And even then, I'm sure there are people in Toronto who might not like the guy. You know he what? This is not I'm a sure this does. is not a wise move by us in the podcast to take fun little runs at uh, Dom and Shayna, who are infinitely they're uh, both good people. They're both no, they're, they're way smarter than us. They're way they, smarter than know. us. Exactly. It's fine. It's fine. Shayna, Shayna is great. Like I've just, I was. I just my one question was about Carter Hagee against Kyle Connor and Kyle's off to a good start. I'm not I'm not saying like I won the war and all this like Carter Hagee could have a good year. I'm just saying like Kyle Connor's off to a really good start and people should point that out. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. World Cup of Hockey was on the, on the docket. Um, Gary Bettman had a press conference in Stockholm, NHLPA. Uh, boss Marty Walsh was in Stockholm. So there's a good opportunity to have that conversation. Our colleague, Josh Cloak, who covers the Bay Police. By the way, I did see Josh Cloak in, okay. in Stockholm. Whereas Jonas Siegel was this international man of mystery who I never saw. I saw Cloak. And by the way, he gave me some pizza tips because that guy, all he does is make great pizza. And I'm I'm jealous of him. So gave me that. And I encourage uh, our listeners to check out Josh's piece from the weekend about the World Cup. What do players want to see in the World Cup? And in Josh's article, Julian, the thing that I agree with, I agree with what Nate McKinnon said, which was, I want this to be best on best. 
And I want more countries, it's the better. So think of the world championships. You get eight countries involved. Yeah, some of them are going to lose out early, but that's how you grow the game. What I don't love is there's increasing chatter that, you know, just based on some things going on and, you know, politics, both international politics and real politics that matter and the politics of hockey and the NHLPA and all that stuff, that we might be looking at a real scaled down version, maybe just four countries, people are saying. Maybe it's just going to be Canada and the U.S. and Sweden and maybe Finland in some sort of tournament. And I hate the idea of a Team Europe. I do. I, I think that's not right. But I also see the the flip side of, boy, but then, you know, you get the Germans with Dreisaitl, Cider, Stutzla. How do you include them? I don't know. I don't know where I fall on this, but I like Nate McKinnon saying, give me best on best. End of story. That's that's where I come down on this. I want best on best as soon as we can get it. I like the idea of whatever happens with the World Cup, you, where you make it every two years and it alternates with the Olympics. If yeah. you're in a situation where you can make the World Cup a more consistent thing and not something that we just wake up and immediately remember after eight years, you are off to the right side side with that. So I like the idea of after every of every two years, you're going back and forth with the World Cup and and the Olympics, but you need more teams in the World Cup. That being said, I do not. I am not opposed to a team Europe. I am not opposed to a team North America in the World Cup. I think those are just unique ways of making the tournament different and accommodating younger players like what they had with team North America in that one 2016 tournament and having team Europe where you're accounting for all those other guys who would play for a country that might not be represented. Um, I don't know how I feel about Russia not being involved. Obviously there's the, a, a, the, the political side to that. It's yeah. way bigger than me to discuss, but essentially if you want best on best, you need them there. Especially now, where you're, you're you're thinking about what a what a Russian roster look would look like, they have an embarrassment of riches in goal. Like you could have a Vezina winner. We but borrow your, a goalie in Canada. We don't have. I a was at a. I was with my ball hockey teammates last night, and we were all sitting around trying to figure out who would start in net for Team Canada at a best on best tournament. And, and what'd you guys come up per- with? So Carter Hart came up. Yeah, I threw out the name Aiden Hill. Is Logan Thompson on that list? Like, it's I'm, unbelievable I'm, because is Jordan Bennington someone you still throw out there as a as a goalie on this team? You might have to think about it for like in the early two thousands when the Olympic cycles first started. That was Canada's area of strength, right? You had Marty Bordeur and Patrick Waugh, uh, Eddie Belfour, Curtis Joseph, whatever Roberto Luongo into that. You, now you look at it. Canada has the weakest goaltending of any of the major countries. It feels like by far. Think of the American goaltending. Connor John Hellebuck, Gibson even Jake Ottinger. That's a good question because Jake Ottinger like, probably starts. Connor Hellebuck's a backup. Um, Thatcher Demko. Like, uh, isn't Jeremy Swayman American? Swayman, Demko. Like, can we just borrow one guy? I mean... Jeez, I don't know. You just have to wait on these guys, right? Like people would throw. Like I, I heard someone throw up that Devin Levi. Like he's not ready yet. He's not. He, he's not ready for that the level Four of competition. Like, yeah, Matt yeah. Fairburn, by the way, has a has an interesting piece today on did the Sabers rush Devin Levi? Yeah, like I, 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 I just the expectations with him as a goalie. He showed he showed some stuff last year that made you think, hey, you know what? Like maybe you can give him some time, but. 
the thing with goalies is like they need all the time they can get before they can become the, at at the they can get to the level that they're supposed to be at. Not a probably not an ideal comparison to make, but like no, Carey Price like entered the league in like his early twenties, and like he was very you could tell the talent was there, but he needed so much time in order for himself to get to that point. And at least in this case, like there was the Price Halak years. Cristobal Ray was another goalie that he had with him, but like there were other goalies you could work with where fine, you're putting him in, but like he needed that time to develop. And so a guy like Devin Levi at 21 years old, like, yeah, absolutely. He needs seasoning and it's not a problem for him to get that. Like if you have another goalie who could work as a stop gap for him to develop and get better, you're on the right track with that one. I don't, there's, you don't need to rush Devin Levi and you certainly don't need to give up on him at this point. So I like all I can think of is if you're an American hockey fan, this is your chance. Like you want to talk about icing your best team, maybe ever, or certainly one that could could certainly push Canada. Like in goal, the Americans clearly have the edge, right? Like clearly. Yeah, they do. And then now up front, think of think of Austin Matthews. Think of Jack Hughes. Think of like think of Hughes on defense. Like. The Kachuk brothers, like, like, start going down the list. This would be so competitive, so great, and then now fold in all the other places and in, in the Swedens and the what? Like, we got to get this done here. It, it's an absolute travesty yeah. that we've gone now close to eight years without a best on best tournament in hockey, and best on best is what people crave. In sports, it's what people get into. Like, like if, if like you see it in soccer, baseball. Remember the World Baseball Classic earlier this year? You yes. remember how it ended? You remember seeing like Shohei Otani versus like Mike Trout? Like that's something that like baseball should like put up in their posterized down in the open. Yeah. Like posterize it everywhere. There's something about best on best international tournaments that even if you're just the most casual fan of a sport, you get roped in. And this game has never been more skilled. Never been more talented. The goal scoring is up, and we have no best on best to show for it. It's yeah. embarrassing. It is. It's it's really tough. Um, Joel has written in and says, "Go with three Euro teams: Eastern Euro teams with Russia, Team Western Euro with the Swiss Germans, and then you have a team with the Nordic countries." But boy, like you got to remember when you say, "Okay, like let, let's group the Nordic countries together." As much as the Americans and the Canadians have a great history and a rivalry and they love battling, that's the Swedes and the Finns. Like, they don't want to play together. Right? Like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't I think, know how that would work. I love that. Like, these are the ideas that I like. Like, listeners and fans, I love outside-the-box ideas like that one, Joel. Like, I love it. I love the ideas. But I think the simplest idea is the one that's existed for decades. Yeah, just put the oh, teams in, right? Absolutely. Was it on this show where we discussed an idea where if you had Canada and the USA play against each other, you roped in the women's team? Yes, I I floated that idea multiple times. Yeah, that was a really good idea. Canada, USA, men's. Game two is Canada, USA, women. And back and forth, like. And like both basically like the both nations are competing for like, like first one to four wins or something like that would be something fascinating to watch i i don't know i at the the one reason why i'm not so up in arms about this format that's being pushed out there this this doesn't seem like something that is just going to like stick as like a permanent world cup idea 
this just seems like something that we're trying to just have on the up and running so that way we have some kind of best on best. And then when it comes time for us to get to the Olympics and when it comes time for us to get to to the World Cup again, maybe things will be a lot more normalized in terms of bringing in more countries. I'm sure they want that, but you're right. We have we've gone eight years without proper best on best international competition. And this is just like an idea for us to get going. Like I, 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 I can understand that thinking. I, you know, it's mind boggling to me that Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid have never teamed up for team Canada. And we're, we're, we're losing daylight on that. We're losing daylight. And you know what else is crazy too? Just like Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux teamed up for arguably the most iconic goal in Canadian hockey history. Now it depends on your age, right? Like I was, yeah, I, I, I wasn't alive. You and I weren't alive for Henderson. You weren't alive for Lemieux. Your goal would be Crosby. Mine would be Lemieux's. Other people's would be Henderson, whatever. But you realize that's the only time Gretzky and Lemieux played together in a best on best for Canada. And think about I mean, that this. Was, that make that makes sense. But at the time, Wayne Gretzky was 26. Mario Lemieux was 21. You would have figured this is a stepping stone to these guys are going to play together for four or five, you know, best on best in that cycle. And just injuries and circumstances and retirements, their paths never crossed again. So all I'm saying is you have to really appreciate those moments when you get best on best. And who knows what would have happened if we had McDavid and Crosby. And I don't want American fans to think, I wish we had Hughes and Matthews, you know, I like you, you shouldn't have to wonder. You should be able to see it and feel it. And it's, it's mind boggling to me that we haven't gotten and, there. And I think for, especially for American fans and, and those who might be casual to get the opportunity to see a tournament where you can see Hughes and Matthews, Matthew and Brady Kachuk doing their thing. I know he's not off to a good start this year, but like Johnny Gaudreau is probably a fixture on those teams as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of the defense core on that team. Well, Quinn Hughes, Quinn Hughes, obviously. I mean, that's another name you're thinking of. Like yeah. for for a market that that the that the National Hockey League is trying to tap in and and try to get as much eyeballs on their sport as possible. I I think the idea that Team USA possibly being at the best it's ever been as a hockey playing nation, like that's a golden opportunity for more and more people to look at those guys, have them be more household names. Jason Robertson's another name that's definitely going to be on that team. Like, I don't know. There's, there's such an opportunity there and whether well, it's uh, through Fox this four nations idea. Not? Yes. Adam Fox would be or there. Right, so right, use Adam Fox. And, and, no, Adam and, Fox and, uh, and uh, my God, this is the jet lag. Don't worry. Uh, McAvoy is American. Like, like. By the way, what I was saying about the defense core, when I was saying about the defense core, I wasn't like, oh, I'm throwing shade on it. Like, I was just, I'm trying to remember names offhand. But like, that's like, like Charlie McAvoy on that team with Quinn Hughes and Adam Fox. Like, that's a solid top three. That's an incredible top three. Yeah. I'm, and telling I'm probably you, missing I, names too. Who knows? If I'm an American fan, I'm all over. Like, get this in because I, I think. If I'm an American, I'm thinking my team has as good a chance to win that tournament as anybody. If I'm ESPN, if I'm ESPN or TNT, I'm like salivating at the idea of like showing these guys on TV and making them the focus throughout this tournament. 
yeah and 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 hyping up those stories and and getting people to know these guys in the name of like glory and and international pride like even me just yeah. saying that there's like a part of me in my head that's like USA USA like there's there's money there there's opportunity there growth fix it all of it it's all there um Okay, listen, we have a, a full slate of shows. Like, there's some other stuff I want to tackle. We can we could push this to Tuesday. Yeah, we could. Because I want to talk about on Tuesday's show. Why are there no games scheduled in the NHL on Tuesday night? I understand why there's no games scheduled on Thursday because it's American Thanksgiving, but I, I wonder if there's an opportunity to showcase Canadian teams on Thanksgiving. So we'll we'll push that to, to Tuesday's pod. Yeah. Where Mike Russo, I think, I don't know if they did this in Stockholm because we were staying at the same hotel. But Mike Russo, Chris Johnston are going to have a conversation. Yeah, they did. They they did yeah. it at our hotel without yeah. me. Uh Mike John uh, Mike Johnston. Mike Johnson was at the Mike Johnson was at the game. Mike Russo, Chris Johnston will be by um uh, on the Athletic Hockey Show on Tuesday. And then I believe Russo will will hopefully pop by for a little bit, maybe. I don't know. We'll see, because he's gonna have jet lag to deal with too. But but that'll be a fun conversation with with CJ and Russo, just kind of bouncing around the NHL, some hot spots, things of that nature. So, um, can you please ask guys from Mike Sweden. Russo? Can you please ask Mike tomorrow if he would have joined you at the ABBA Museum? I'm confused. Did you ask him, or did you just like, no? I got, af- I, I, I got, I was afraid. I was afraid okay. of being shit. Then we but need to ask. He was like me. I don't think he had a ton of time. Like none of us yeah. had a ton of time then, except for Jonas Siegel, who didn't even come. <laughs> So okay, so I like I, I get I get that you've showed concern about you know the fact that we've mentioned Dom and Shayna the way that that we have, and I think that's more in a joking tone. And again, no shade, no real shade to those two. I'm starting to get concerned about how you keep <laughs> calling out uh, Jonas, aka Beanie Siegel. Like I, I don't, I'm getting a little conf- I'm getting a little concerned. I don't know. I saw I him when I was in Toronto last week. I only saw him in Instagram pictures with other reporters. I'm like, where are you? I saw Yo, Sean McKenzie a, a bunch of times. Hey, how's how's uh, how's Sean doing? No relation. Oh, it, it, great, Sean. McC- I sat next to him for one of the games, Ottawa, Detroit. I think. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. I got to show what him up? the ropes. I I helped oh, break damn. him into the uh, into the TV industry. God, when was this? Ten really? years ago. Yeah. You can ask him about it. I helped. Damn. I helped shepherd a young Sean McKenzie. Damn. Into, I think I saw uh, him during the, my road trip really quickly, but I didn't get a chance to say hi to him. Man, that's a. Uh, or, no, no, I did. I did. I did get to because we were watching him and uh, Beanie Siegel. We were watching uh, overtime of uh, Flames, Flames Leafs from the media room downstairs. So I did get to say hi to to my uh, cousin slash not cousin. Yeah, that's right. You guys share the last name. Uh, so anyway, well, we have a ton to get to the rest of the weekend. This will be fun tomorrow with, with yes. Mike Russo. Chris Johnson will be back at it. And as you mentioned, Julian. You did a great job in teasing the Black Friday sale that we have going on right now, right? Dollar a month for 12 months. Pretty yes. good deal. This is the time. Really great deal. Get in. Uh, all you got to do is visit uh, theathletic.com slash hockey show. And uh, you can take advantage of that. A dollar a month for 12 months as uh, we want you to take advantage of that. All right. Before I wrap this up, I do want to ask one question to you. Julian McKenzie. Okay. And for the people that are listening to this audio version, I'm going to paint a picture for you. Okay. Julian McKenzie is doing this podcast with me. And if you're watching the video version, you don't need an explanation, but he's wearing an NHL themed hat, like an NHL hat 
a hat with the NHL logo on it. There, I finally got to what I wanted to say. And it very much reminds me, you're giving me Rob Lowe vibes. Remember when Rob Lowe showed up to that NFL? He showed up to San Francisco. I think it was a playoff game for the 49ers. And he's wearing an NFL hat. We're like, this, this, the memes were flying. So before we cut this uh, episode off, give us the backstory of Julian McKenzie's NHL league hat. Last fall, I saw this. Uh, actually, there was a photographer who would work at Flames games. I have forgotten their name, unfortunately. They would wear this hat. And I just thought it was a really cool hat. And myself and uh, another good colleague of mine uh, who actually writes for the league, Aaron Vickers, uh, we were both uh, very enamored with this hat. We just put the photo up of Rob Lowe with the hat. Who wore it better? We, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the side here. We could do a proper side by side. I'll go to this side. But yeah, we, uh, we were both into this hat. And actually, there's an added level to this. So... I found that I was looking for this hat. I think it's like one of those like 47 hats. And for whatever reason, like I just couldn't find it on on online. It took me a long time to find it. I found this random store in Edmonton that had it and I ordered it. I ordered two. And I remember going to the game, uh, this one game near around Christmas. And like I'm wearing this hat and I sit next to my friend Aaron and he's like, wow, like you bought yourself this hat. And, you know, you didn't even think to get me one. Like, he's trying to throw me shade about how, like, you know, oh, you, I got this hat. And we both said we wanted the hat and all that. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I, I see how it is. And literally, I go in my backpack and I'm like, I knew you would do this. Here you go. And I bought him the hat. He, had, he, was, he was so floored after that had happened. So, yeah, there's a very fun story with this hat. I love this hat. It's a great hat. You can tell, for those who do not see it, it's like the old NHL-style logo when it was black and orange before they ended up just going black and silver. Um, I like it. It, it. it very much screams, I hope these two teams have fun. Energy. I loved it. The Rob Lowe. That's, uh, that's the meme that I was going for. All right. Be well, just not being offensive to anyone with uh, my yeah, exactly. NHL-ness. Go everybody. Okay. So that puts a wrap on it for the Monday edition of the pod. Like we said, the two of us will be back at it Tuesday with, uh, with CJ and Russo. Enjoy the games on Monday. We'll hit you up again on Tuesday. Peace.